about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. trustworthy in handling worldly wealth who will trust you with true riches some of the things I'm going to discuss tonight um, I've mentioned it before but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of what God word of God uh, researcher Neil um, Scafe said just 60 or 70 years ago, there was a huge stigma attached to debt. You, you, you didn't want to buy things you couldn't pay for. It's now clear that there has been a 180 degrees turn. You're regarded as financially naive if you're not in debt. It appears to be regarded as a clever thing to actually be in debt. 60 to 70 years ago, it's unheard of. If you're in debt, you are a monumental failure. If you're in debt, you're in a monumental failure. But, you know, nowadays, mm, actually, it makes financial sense. And this is what is killing our society. And it's my duty as a pastor to be able to whether preach, teach, beg, scream, shout. I don't care which one you take. I need to be able to teach you how to get out of debt or not get into it. The latest figure in England suggests a sharp rise in personal bankruptcy. There's a sharp rise. It is expected that more than one point, listen, more than 1.7 billion pounds of Christmas credit spending will remain unpaid by the end of January. 1.7. And the latest statistics show that the average total debt per UK household in August 2018 was 58,776. That means each household owes 56,000, or let's say 59,000. It's an endemic or epidemic and it's getting worse and the government has lost control. Debt becomes the norm for the middle class. Spend now, worry later is the slogan of the society. You can, you 
can spend money on better things than tying your money down on purchases. Actually, they kind of told me one time at a car dealer that why would you spend money on, spend tie all your money down to that? Why can't you just uh, put a small deposit and then start paying the money off uh, gradually? And then after three years, you come back and pick up another car and then start paying it again. And then after three years, you come back and pick another car. And what they didn't tell me is the fact that, one, you will never own a car. Uh, and number two, uh, the, value of your, the value they give you of your car when you purchased it, that it will be in three years, will not be so in three years. Such a gimmick. And they would sit down and tell you, if I were you, I would do it that way. Now, let me talk about debt in a certain way, and then I'll go on. Debt such as a student loan or a mortgage, which helps you achieve a very specific, positive aim, are normally the best kind of credits. Uh, generally, most of them have a lower interest rate than other debts. Uh, they can actually help you accumulate money in the longer term by taking advantage of rising property prices or by securing a higher paid job when you graduate. So I can understand that kind of debt. Are you following what I'm saying? A car loan might also be considered as a good use of credit, especially, now this is where people have gone to sleep, they only heard it's good. Especially when the vehicle is essential in getting you to work or doing business. However, you need to remember that unlike homes, cars and trucks normally lose value over time. So the car is not an investment, it is a liability. And let me throw this to some of us who need to know this, your first property, your home, where you're living, is still not an investment. It is a liability. That's why I'm getting many people to buy second homes. Now, they, 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 this is where you can find the society killing creativity because now it's almost in, impossible to buy a second home because your stamp duty goes up astronomically. So they're, they're killing creativity because they're saying they want first-time buyers to get on the ladder. Yeah, but at the same time, entrepreneurship is really is, 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 is killing now the fabric of our society because now they are penalizing you for being creative. And when you dig deep also, you will now find out that for those who bought property and who rent it out as an investment, securing it against your pension in the future is almost a dicey thing to do now because they, what you used to be able to claim tax on, you can't claim tax on, and then they will now add it to your income. And if you now hit over the 50,000 threshold, then you're now going to pay at 40%. I know you didn't, most of you didn't get that, but 
uh, go and investigate that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm a money guy, so, so, so that's it. What I mean in essence is that if you have a second home that you're renting out, and right now your salary is probably like 35 or 40, but your income, and now they won't consider your mortgage, but the income that comes from the house hits over 15,000. If they add that to your 35,000, that means you've now hit 50,000, which is now you're entering to a higher bracket rate. Now they will start to charge you at the 40%, which makes no sense having the house because you are worse off. So, uh, so when someone has asked me about a car, my question always to the person is, do you use the car for work? Do you use the car for business? Can you get to work easily? If not, it becomes a liability than an asset. So when you get, when you get, a, when you get a mortgage or something like that, using, used wisely, this sort of credit paid back over a long time with relatively low monthly payments will allow you to achieve a specific aspiration whilst enabling you to keep the rest of your money free for other things in life, like investment, emergency, or simply enjoying yourself. The key, of course, that I'm saying in this first opening is everything has to be done in moderation because even a mortgage can become a nightmare if you can't afford the repayment. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? So, as, as like my wife and I would, 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 would um, attest to this, that we were living in a two-bedroom house before and we wanted to buy another property. And when we went to see the property in Stevenage, beautiful property, four-bedroom, was it four-bedroom, five-bedroom, wonderful. Anybody that walks in there will say, yeah, we have arrived. But when we looked at the mortgage payment and when we looked at what we would need to pay, we found out that people would be saying, yeah, while we would be saying at home, nay. I just looked at her and said, honey, you know what? As I've said this before, we should just label each room and give it a country name. So every summer we move from this room to the next room and we spend our summer holidays in this room and call it Barbados. Put something like a, a, a palm tree, paint the place like palm tree, put some uh, palm tree wallpaper. Then the following year, put another one, call it Malaysia. Uh, put the other one because if we go into this kind of mortgage, we will never be able to do anything in our lives. Was it the right time? No. Unfortunately, we got good advice, and the good advice was, if you guys have got that money, why don't you put that money and invest it in other properties that you can rent out? Which is exactly what God allowed us to do, and then we were able to use the money from those mortgages to purchase what we've got, and we're able to save for a better property, which was probably five or six years after we made that decision. Many people are not content. They just want to measure up to what other people are doing. And I can tell you with assurance that many of our friends then were buying properties in that area and they were four, five, six bedrooms and we were still living in our own two-bedroom property, praising the Lord and enjoying life and eating Chinese and going on holidays. So, to sum up, make sure that you are using credit to create positive outcomes for you and your family 
and not to push, put cash in the lender's back pocket rather than your own. This is very important. And so generally speaking, many people want to force us into debt and this is the root of financial depression when we overspend. Now, I want to talk about, um, I mean, this is not a shouting, this is not an exciting uh, message. I know you could go to the church down the road and they can preach into an oblivion. In this church, I teach. Uh, so, I want to talk about debt. Question is, how do you know you're in debt? Or how do you know you're entering the debt trap? Because many people don't know. Let's start reeling this off. Number one. When you're living on credit instead of paying cash. When you presume on the future, you are in trouble because debt always presumes on the future. I will buy this and pay later because you've still got a job. It's an assumption. And I've said that assumption is what? The lowest level of knowledge. Assumption is the lowest level of knowledge. How do I know I'm in the debt trap? Number one is when you're living on credit. And that's the reason why to a certain extent, I am not so keen on the fact that this society is turning into a cashless society. Because with these cards and with our phones, where we can just put it on anything and it's, you know, the money just goes, it doesn't have, make us have a sense of what we got. Because in those days, when we were growing up, you know, and I'm st- I still know I'm a bit young, but when we were growing up, during Christmas, we would take cash. When the cash runs out, it runs out. But now everything is beep, 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 and we're blipping our life away. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Boast not of tomorrow, for you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Studies have shown that if you use a credit card, you will spend 23% more money in a store than you're using cash. When your life is always on credit, then you are entering into the debt trap. Number two, how do I know if I'm in debt? If you are delaying payments or paying the minimum due. Your minimum monthly payments, when your minimum monthly payments are large, you're in debt. If you add up all of the minimum monthly payments towards your revolving debt, that's credit cards, your car loan, your home loan, your, your, your business loan. That, that, and that minimum credit that you're paying is up to 20% of your income. You have too much debt. How much percentage did I say? 20%. When you line up all your credit cards, and your mi- I'm talking minimum payment, where they say 25 pounds, 20 pounds, uh, six, six pounds, and the money you're paying back in debt is up to 20% of your salary, then you're in, a ser- you're in serious trouble. So let's say your take home is 2,000 pounds. 
That means 20% of 2,000 pounds is what? 200 pounds. If your minimum payment, minimum, is 200 pounds, you're in serious trouble. 400, is it 400? 10%, 400, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I, 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 I did mathematics a long time ago, and even that, it was let my people go when I passed it. So, delaying payment. When you're missing payments, when you're using your reserves to pay bills, when you're waiting for the red bill to come, when your check is bouncing, you are in the debt trap. Romans 13, 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding. <laughs> it's in the scriptures. I'm giving you scriptures for, for what I talk about. So number one, if you're living on credit. Number two, if you're delaying payments. And sometimes many of you don't delay payments. You see that bill, that pay when it comes through the door and you do not open the letter. You are in a debt trap. You are in trouble. Number three, when you are unable to tithe or save, you are entering or you are in debt. Yes, the most, the most abhorred scripture, the most irritating scripture in the Bible is what I want to quote to you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. I know you don't like it. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do you rob me? In tithes and offering. And I'm going to leave this to Sunday because I want to explain something about the tithes, not the way they talk about it outside, in that you'll be cursed if you don't give your tithes or something. No, no, no. I want to deal with that in depth on, 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 on Sunday, you understand, that will give everybody the freedom to serve God the way they want to serve God because you're not under liberty. However, if you cannot give to God, you are in a death trap. And then secondly, if you can't save, you're in trouble. So the Bible says in Proverbs 21:20, the Living Bible says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. Are you, did you, are you getting that? Number four, when you are paying one debt, with another, you are in a debt trap. Are you hearing me? If you're transferring balances from one car to another to stay afloat, or you're refinancing your house to pay revolving debts, you have a debt problem. So many people will refinance their house. Take the money out. And use it to pay their credit cards and their debts. You are in trouble. Because your house is supposed to actually be an investment. Not a liability for payment. Let me take a small detour there. I've done it for someone before. Where we refinance the house. And use it to pay off the debt. But for four years, I was in control of their finances. Because when you do it one time, you're most likely to do it again. Because the principle is don't get into debt. And if you have an option of refinancing, then you will spend money anyhow and you keep refinancing your house. 
And remember that if you sell your house, and especially if it's a second home, they're going to tax you on the original price, not what it is now. So they would take, deduct the money of what you bought it to what it is, and they would tax you on the difference. And this is where people get into trouble. Number five. When you have what I call extravagant spending. Proverbs 21.17 says, Indulging in luxury, wine and food will never make you wealthy. The Good News Bible says, If you want to get wealthy, you don't indulge in luxury, wine and food. Catalogs you get at Christmas and other times of the year are filled with things that are ridiculously unnecessary and unneeded. When you buy things just because you've got the money, that's stupid. When you buy things just because you can afford it, watch out, because you are headed square into a death trap. Are you following what I'm saying? When you buy things you don't need with money you really don't have, or even if you do have it, the Bible says that's not how you get wealthy. It is you get poor because it's superfluous spending. You're just spending money on stuff that you really don't need. And many times you really don't know that you don't really need it. Can I ask you a question? How many clothes are in your wardrobe that you haven't worn? You haven't put on. The label is still on there. How many of you are in that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've got some. There's some clothes you will not wear in two years. You need to. I'll get there. You just you just have not put. You, in fact, you it's so much at the back of the wardrobe that you can't even get there. And yet, you're still going to, to, to wake up at 4 a.m. on the 26th of December and sleep outside next for the next cell. Something is wrong. Hey, and let me say this again. Any, mm, because I know where God is taking me to, I'm, I'm a bit cautious of what to say. How, however, if you have to wake up as early as 4 a.m., 2 a.m., to buy clothes, Something is wrong with you. Seriously. It's a poverty mentality. Because my God will supply for all my needs. Not toiling. Something, 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 something is wrong. If I need it, he will provide for it. The good things are not on sale. I've never walked into Louis Vuitton and found it on sale. <laughs> There are some places or things you go into that are not on sale. In fact, I, how many of let's be honest, come on, this is, this is honest. How many of you have put something on the internet in the basket waiting for it to go on sale? And then you now get to the sale, you press it, it says out of stock. Your size is out of stock. <laughs> Extravagant spending is a process of debt. And many young ones are just spending money anyhow. Let me give you number six. How do I know I'm in debt? Cash advances. 
The worst way to use a credit card is to get a cash advance. Not only is the money loaned to you at the worst possible terms, they are also very high on the one-time charges. If you find yourself using cash advances for regular bills and expenses, you have a debt problem. You know those cash loans. You know that those... Um, uh, penny loan, Wonga, whatever it says. I'm going to mention their names. They're bad. Come and sue me if you want to. They're bad. Over, uh, I haven't got there yet. And I've said this last Sunday, your overdraft is not your money. In fact, can I say this? If you really want to get financial freedom, if you have an overdraft of a thousand pounds, you're in trouble. My overdraft is 200 pounds. Just in case one check or something just goes, goes through. But I reduced it from a thousand to 200 and I've never used it. Because if you go overdraft, it is an indication that you're not managing your money properly. Oh, but I, I thought I paid this. And it, it, it's, even, it's even ridiculous in this day and age because we don't use checks. It's in the days we were using checks that our overdraft was necessary because someone doesn't quickly pay in the check. Stop paying checks. Use, use transfers. See where your money is coming and where it's going. Number seven. Are you all holding tight? Loan denials. If you are turned down for a loan or a credit card, or if you get a loan under poor terms, stop and re-examine your situation. Yes, I'm, I'm not oblivious to the fact that sometimes you go for, to get a credit and then they deny you and there's nothing wrong. It's just one, one telephone company or one somebody just messed it up. But for you to even get to that place that they messed you up means you haven't consistently checked your credit rating. Because I have something on my, on my phone which is an app that monthly allows me to check my credit rating. It brings it up. So if there's any discrepancy... I can quickly deal with it before it becomes an issue. If I ask many of you right now, what is your credit rating? What's your credit score? I don't know. So your brother, your sister, your auntie, your, the devil, the enemy, Lucifer, anybody can just use your credit and you're oblivious. You don't know. You don't know. And then you go to a place and then suddenly you find out that your credit is messed up. You start crying. You're supposed to be responsible financially. But, so I'm not talking about those words. I'm talking about everywhere you go, you, they deny you. And can I say this? For each denial, it goes on your credit rating and it reduces your score. So stop, when they deny you in one place, stop going to the other store to do it. Because if you do three checks, credit checks in a month, it brings down your rating. Mm-hmm. Why are you quiet? Okay. If your excessive debt level leads a lender to deny or extend further credit to you, you probably have a debt problem. If you have a card that is maxed out or near its limit, that's a problem. 
if you have to try more than one card at the register until one of them is accepted, then it's time to stop borrowing and take stock of your situation. Oh, some people didn't come today. I, I will download this message and play it on Sunday and just sit down. <laughs> Straight. Well, you just keep, you, just, you, you bring out one, they deny, you bring out the other, they deny. What's the matter with you? You go to a restaurant and you are afraid to eat. Why did you go there in the first instance? <laughs> huh? You the man, you're taking a woman out and you're praying that she doesn't max you out. Fourthly, when I'm taking you out, we're going to eat. I don't do Dutch. I'm a gentleman, but you have 30 pounds. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> if, I, if I don't have money, nothing is going. When I didn't have money, where are we going? KFC. I'll take you down to West End for what? Have I eaten West End food? No, it's not happening. Number eight. Whew. If your debts are affecting your personal relationship, you're in trouble. What do I mean? Do you actively, and many of you are not in there yet, but I'm trying to make sure you don't get there, but do you actively keep your partner in the dark about your household situation or your money situation or your parents or your friends? Are you routinely borrowing money from friends and family to make ends meet? Are you nervous about what would happen if anyone sees your credit card statement? Lying or hiding financial information from your loved one is a strong sign of a debt problem. So let me deliver some of you young ones. You see, I, I, I preach on finances and relationships at the same time. If you're really wise, you will know I preach the same thing. If you are going out with anyone, know if they're a fool or if they're wise. First, understand what is their financial disposition. Check it out. And you would know. Test. What's their financial disposition? Are they showing off to impress you? then you would know. And if it's going further on, then ask, so what is your, are you in debt? <laughs> ask the woman, are you in debt? Man, you ask the question, because I don't want to marry any liability. Are you in debt? What are you doing about the debt? What is your finances? Because my pastor taught me, hopefully if you have listened, are you in debt? You're supposed to ask because you're entering into a financial destiny, a financial, a financial life with the person. Ask, what's your disposition towards money? And tell them this is not a job interview. Just tell me how you're doing with your finances. And talk about finances. Stop kissing. Start talking. You kiss too much. You're supposed to be talking. Not kissing, not having sex. You talk. Instead of tearing up your credit card, you're tearing up your clothes. Are you for real? Okay. All right. I'm telling the truth. 
supposed to be dealing with your life. You're sucking up in the bed and having stupid sex. Is there something wrong with you? Is that you think sex will put food on the table? It won't. Many of you don't ask questions. Oh, he loves me. Love does not put food on the table. Girl, wake up. And both, if she's not going to listen to you about your financial destiny right now, you better ditch her because she's not going to listen. She will keep coming with bags. Every single man say, but it's my money. It's not your money. It's not our money. Let me repeat myself again. Once you get married, it becomes our, 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 our money. Our money. Our money. When we got married, my wife loved to call her parents or people in Nigeria. I said, babe, the telephone bill. Babe, the telephone The Next time she happened, I said, your, and that was 50 pounds, wasn't it? Was Use your 50 pounds to pay for it. And I put my foot down. That means she had to pay for it in two months because it was a hundred pounds plus. So for two months, you're using... For 19 years after that, she's always used uh, a phone card. Never again has BT ever called us again. Never. Because she knows if she does that, you're going to pay for it. Now, if I'd married a woman, yeah, but it's my own money, yeah, 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 I can do whatever, I have to call my parents. No, it's our money. If we want to have a good financial future, we need to start listening to each other. And some of you are so stubborn that you're not going to agree to it. In fact, you're looking at me right now, you want to kill me. <laughs> so if you ever get into a relationship, bring the guy to me and so I can check your finances. Because some of you, as I said, there is a delay going on in your life if you don't put things in order. And if you're not careful, you will get married and you keep, you keep hiding stuff. If you hide your shoes. I went, yeah, when did you buy that shoe? Ah, I had it a long time ago. <laughs> you, which time ago did you have? Ah, this shirt looks clear. No. Ah, honey, I told you now. I told you. Which place, which car. That's why you will never allow your finances to come together because you are an independent, frivolous, and useless spender. See my words. I'm saying it clearly. So my, my next thing to do, if I can, is to quickly teach you steps out of the debt trap. So if you're in it, how do I get out of it? Romans chapter 13 verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continual, continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Let no debt remain outstanding. So let me give you 10 ways to get out of debt. Number one, accept you are in debt. What did I say? Many people don't accept. They don't accept it. They keep putting those letters under. They really don't accept. Psalm 51 verse 3. You know I told you I'll give you scriptures. 51. It says, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Before David was killed, he accepted. I accept I killed Uriah. I accept I slept with, 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 with Bathsheba. 
that sin is before me. God, I accept, I acknowledge this transgression. Before God can heal you financially, there needs to be an acknowledgement. Self-denial is the root of all calamities that befall a man. Acknowledgement brings humility, and humility will ask for help. Ignorance of your financial condition is a sure guarantee and a recipe for financial disaster. Ignoring it. You need to know where your money is coming from and how much it is you need to know where it is going. You need to know where it's coming from. You need to know where it's going. And I talked about it on Sunday, how to budget by keeping what? Good records. What do you own and what do you owe? You have to know it. One woman came to me and sat down with me and said, and I said, so let's, we're dealing with our finances. So how much do you owe? She said 11,000 or something like that. I said, I will give you 2,000 pounds if you do not owe above 16,000, 17,000. Ah, pastor, that's nice. So we sat down and she gave me all our stuff. I said, okay, that's fine. I think we hit 12,000. So she was excitedly looking for 2,000. I said, uh, is your credit card online? She said, yes. Is your banking stuff online? I said, yes. I said, all your banking stuff is online? I said, yes. Okay, let's open. First bank, we opened it. There was an overdraft of 2,000 pounds. I said, so you're overdrawn 2,000 pounds. Add that to that, that makes 14,000. Open the next one. The next one showed that she was overdrawn 670 something. Said, add that to that one. Your credit card, which one do you show? Yeah, but what about, but you said you had three. What about this other one, this other one? Oh, it's redundant. They haven't asked me for payment for a long time. How much do you owe? At the end of the day, we hit 24,000 pounds. She, that, in, that, in that mother's and baby's room. There. I said, pass, I'm going to pass. I said, pass out. It's even time you should pass out. At least when, you're, when you pass out for a while, you will stop spending. For that time that you're out of this world, you will stop spending. Pass out. I said, pass out. At least for the period that you pass out and we resuscitate you, you won't be spending. Because let me say this to everyone. If you don't hear anything tonight, listen to this. Mental assessment of your finances is not going to help you. Write the vision down. When you write it, you will know it. Not like, I think I owe, whoa, I made a calculation mental. No. Write it down. Go through your statements and write it down. Do you know exactly how much debt you're in? Because if you don't know it, you will not know how it would take you to be completely debt-free. If you have more than one credit card, do you know how much you owe towards each one? And do you have a plan to pay off the entire balances? Proverbs 18.13. This is where my words that I say is really biblical. Proverbs, I put it, put it up please. The Living Bible. Proverbs 18.13. The Living Bible. Oh, maybe it's not on my slide. but I'll give it. it says, it's stupid to decide before knowing the facts. It's stupid to decide before knowing the facts. So you decide how much you're in, but you really don't know the facts. You've got to get the facts on your financial setup. If you're in debt, you need to get out. So the first thing you need to do is to what? 
Acknowledge. Acknowledge. And I like the reason why he said accept, because that's my next point. Accept. <laughs> Responsibility. And stop feeling sorry for yourself. Accept what? Responsibility. And, I add this, stop feeling sorry for yourself. The main problem that caused sin to enter into the world is the refusal to accept responsibilities. The woman you gave me, the serpent in the... It's, it, they, they, it's, it's what, what I call the error of blame. You have to accept responsibility for your actions and remember that you did accept the credit with the promise of paying it back. And when I talk about borrowing, I'm talking about the friends you borrowed 50 pounds from, all of them. The 100 pounds also, the 200, the 1,000, the one you borrowed from your sister, and the one you're owing your mother. I wish I could speak to some of your parents. I will get their money for, for them. I will get them. I will tell them, I'll get it for you. Because you owe them money. You went to borrow money. That's called wickedness. You knew you were not going to pay back. Then I will ask your parents, what did they spend the money on clubbing? Or they bought a car that they don't need. I will tell the parents, take the car and let them start paying the money back. For each time they use it, they should give you a hundred pounds. Rent it off to them. That's what I would do. Britain is becoming less worried about the debt than ever before. Those who do run up debts on home, cars and shopping have started to blame the lenders rather than themselves. Did you see what happened in the last credit crash? Everyone blamed the bank. I know they blamed the bank, but when they were borrowing you the money, why couldn't you say no? Oh, they just sent me credit card. Did they suspend it? <laughs> Number three, start now. Commit to being debt free now. Not, oh, pastor, I heard you. I will start next year. No, now. Oh, a new resolution in January. No, now. You start now so that as you're entering into January, you've already sorted yourself out. You're on the right track. Because in three months, you would not realize how much you could pay back. Why January? Because you want to spend stupidly in December. There's someone, I sat down with them and they, they, and as we did, they said, oh, pastor, by the way, uh, uh, I booked a holiday. I said, you're not going. Simple. You're, you're not going. And if you go, don't come back to me. You're not going. You're in debt and you booked a holiday. How much, was your, how much have you paid? Oh, I paid for the flight. How much is it? 200 pounds. I said, kiss it goodbye. It's part of foolishness. Because if you go, you're still going to spend another 600 pounds that you don't have. So you're not going. And of course she didn't go. I mean, she didn't say hello to me for a while, but she didn't go. You're not going. You're not going. You want to go on a 200 pounds only. You still haven't paid for the food over there. You haven't paid for the hotel. So you're going into more debt. You're not going. You're not going. Oh, but with my friends, I said, yeah, the foolish company you're keeping, you're not going. Tell them why you're not going. Tell them your pastor looked into your finances and you're going. And then your pastor told them that they need also to come and see him. (laughs) (laughs) 
Psalm 37, 21 says, The wicked borrows and do not repay. The wicked. Wicked means the twisted in mind. Borrows and don't pay. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. Commit to being debt free now. Always start with a commitment. It's going to take commitment to get out of debt. God says, if I don't pay my debt, it's wicked. Not just wrong or okay or socially acceptable. It is wicked. God says, when you make a promise, you are expected to keep it. And some of you, you will borrow from someone and you will still fight them because they are asking for their money. It's wicked. And whatever seed you sow is what you will reap. It is wrong to make other people pay for your excesses. It is wrong to debt yourself and just just walk away from it, expecting other people to pick up your pieces and your hurt. And some of you are even using people's name to put them in debt. And then you're coming to church to pray and fast. It's not going to happen. Let me encourage you. It's going to take courage to get out of debt. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take delayed gratification. It's going to take endurance, persistence, and integrity. But most of all, to get out of debt, it takes character. Any fool can go into debt. It's very easy to go into debt. It takes character to get out of debt. So how much character are you going to show this year? Are you going to walk away from it and say, I'm not responsible? Or are you going to show some character and say, okay, God, I got myself in this. Help me get out of debt. It's not easy, but it can be done. Start now. Number four, start paying God and yourself first. When I get that paycheck, my first 10% goes to God. The second 10% goes to my saving. I can't understand how people spend their lives working hard to make money and never pay themselves or never pay God. The two entities most responsible for your ability to make wealth. So I have to pay God and I have to pay myself. And how do I pay myself? Not by going on an exotic holiday every time. In fact, one lady spoke to my wife. Where have you been? Oh, I went on holidays. My wife said to her, how many holidays have you been on this year? Say, oh, it's the year. Say, come, come, bring your finances. And I'm waiting for her. That's not paying yourself. It, paying yourself means by saving. And I've spoken to, in church so many times about the 10 what? 10 what? 80 rule. Do you understand what that means? You give 10% to God, you save minimum of 10%, and you live on 80%. But, in our household, we give more than 10% to God. We save more than 10%, and we live on minimal of 50% of our income. That's what we walk up to. And when our expenses are big, it's because we are Deposited in into a, an investment scheme. Even paying extra on your mortgage is a saving. It's a saving. 
You say, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to pay. So you say, if you can't afford not to. If you want God's blessing on your finances, you have to do it God's way. The Bible says that the purpose of tithing is to teach us to put God first in place. I'm going to deal with this on Sunday. You've got to pay God and pay yourself. This is how to get out of debt. I remember when I was dealing with a financial advisor, and he said uh, to me, uh, you know, um, I'm not being funny, but you know if we take these tithes that both of you are paying, because it was now both of us, and we were in IT then, he says that we put it in an investment. You know in five years it could grow, and then you can give God. I said, I said to him, get thee behind me. I didn't use the Satan, but I just said, get thee behind me. Because it was a good idea, tempted. I said, get thee behind me. And I said to the guy, if you cannot deal with my finances the way I'm telling you to, then you're not fit to be my financial advisor. One thing that does not, is not a compromise, is my tithes that I give to God. Don't try to preach it to me. Don't try to tell me. That. Don't try to tell me what the internet says. I care less. I can never outgive God. He is my source. If I, the, 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 where I am today is through my God why would I put him behind and say I will get back to him later when the government doesn't trust you enough that's why they take their tax before they pay you <laughs> <laughs> number five this is where some women are going to kill me have a sale have a sale have a sale some of you have bought a car for the wrong reason, sell it. Some of you have bought a shoe for the wrong reason, sell it. Let me repeat myself, I, I missed it. Some of you have bought a car for the wrong reason, sell it. Let me say it again. This is, if, if anything, God speak to me, I'm speaking, God is speaking to you now. God is saying to you, sell the car. Sell the car. Remember, I was counseling two young people who were about to get married. And I walked out. I finished. I walked out with them. And then they went into this Mondial white car. They just, they, they just opened the key. I went in, I said, sorry, I forgot. I haven't finished our car. So they said, let's go back into the house. I went back into the house. I said, uh, where, where are you living? Oh, in this council flat. How, what, this car, how did you get it? Oh, it's on, it's on repayment. It's on repayment. Okay. How much debt are you in? Uh, the wife was like, the wife-to-be was like, uh, the guy, uh, you know, pastor, we have some trouble. I said, okay, you're selling the car. Did they not sell the car? They sold the car, and I gave them my car. I'm not trying to boast. I, I gave them, not that my car was a mondial, but I just gave them, because God blessed me with another car, I just gave, I said, you're selling the car. They lost money, taking the car back, but it is not as much money as they would have lost if they keep paying on what they don't have. Sell your car. Sell your shoes. eBay is there to make money. Gumtree, you can make money. There are so many things in your closet that needs to go to pay off the debt. And some of them may have even accumulated, uh, it may have more value than when you bought it. Have a sale. Cars are not meant for status. You picked out the car, you bought it, so people know you have a car. Who, who, who really cares? You're in debt. 
And so honestly, let me speak to some women. You're going around with a fool in debt. You're sitting in a car that is about to kill you in the next one year after your marriage. And you sit there with your short skirt. Your life is getting short. If God, if God told you to give something away or to sell something and you say, I could never do that, I'll never sell that, even if God told me I can never sell that, there is a word for that item. It's called an idol. First John 5.21, put it up for me please. It says, little children. Believers, dear ones, guard yourself from idols, false teachings, moral compromises, and anything that would take God's place in your heart. Anything, even the man, even the girl, anything, if you can't, if you're in debt, and you can't sell that car, or cut that credit card, or do a boot sale, that thing has become an idol. I'm not even telling you so. I'm just telling you sell to make money. If you can't do extra work to clear your credit, your sleep has become your idol. You are lazy. Many of you have got good jobs that you can do additional jobs. You're lazy. Your sleep has become your idol. Your entertainment has become your idol. And that's why you're depressed. Don't come to me. Because most of you can do it and get out of it. Number six, quickly. Set up a repayment plan. Set up a repayment plan. Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. If you want to be prosperous, you have to have a good plan. To do it right, you probably ought to get a financial counselor because you may not be able to do it by yourself. Financial counselor. Proverbs 20.18. Let me give you a scripture. Get advice if you want your plans to work. You may need a financial advisor. If you have a major illness like a cancer, you wouldn't try to cure it yourself. You will go to a specialist. You will go to an oncologist. You will get a doctor to get help over your illness. So why do we resist financial counseling? Because I want what I want when I want and do I don't want I want to do what I want. I don't want anyone to tell me anything that I'm doing. If your parents can't tell you, your pastor can't tell you, God can't tell you. We're going to enter into the month of January in fasting. Many of you shouldn't. Because you're disobedient. No one can tell you. I can't tell you. You don't tell me how to live. Life is for living. You, life is for living at the right season. Not for dying while you're young. Which life is for living? There's time for everything under the sun. There's a time to gather and there's a time to scatter. And many of you are scattering when you're supposed to gather. You need financial help. 
And you're too proud to get it. And you are entering into a place of cancer, financial cancer, and it will consume you up until there's nothing else if you don't seek help. You need help. You need help. Number seven. Ooh, come on, come on. Share your plans with your creditors. What do I mean by that? Deal with creditors. Don't run away from them. Somebody run away from them. You owe them money. Call them up. There's a, there a, a gentleman I was dealing with his finances and he had three credit cards. Fortunately, he was doing that financial issue that was going on. And each one, which one had 3,000, 4,500. And then he had these savings. I said, your, your savings interest does not match up with the credit card interest that you're paying. He said, so pastor, what do I do? He said, call them up. This 3,000 pounds you have, let's share 1,500. Now call each one of them up and say, you are going into hibernation. Meaning that I owe you 4,000 pounds or 5,000 pounds. I can pay you 1,500 pounds today and close the account and that's all. And if you refuse to take that, then we have to go to, uh, I will go, go to the bankruptcy and then deal with it. They said, if you pay us 1500 today, we'll shut the account down. He paid them and they shut the account down. Talking to creditors. And that's what he did over the whole three of them. This is simple. But running away from your creditors doesn't mean it's going to work. Let me throw another wobbly there. Running away from HMRC is not going to solve your problem. They will hound you down. So it's best to talk with them. Yes, they may be monsters, but monsters can be tamed. Talk to them. I can put you on, I can do a repayment plan. Oh no, we're not going to, well, there's nothing else I can do. Let me, let me pay you monthly. Send a repayment plan. It's happened to me before. When HMRC come, came, but you know when they come, they will always find something. So when they finally said, well, so how much? Uh, you have to say, no, that's not going to happen. I will pay you over 12 months. Oh, no, we can't accept that. I said, well, take me to, uh, we'll go to, to appeal. Let's go to appeal. Over this money. You've been spending money. You get a lawyer and all that. Let's go. I said, okay, if you promise to keep to this payment, then we'll see how it goes over the next three months. And I started paying it back. It doesn't matter. But I spoke to them. How do you do that? Firstly, I will take the smallest debt I owe, pay that one off. Take the next one, pay that one off. Take the, because each time you pay one off, you have the confidence that, wow, this is going. So let's take example, you owe 500 pounds. And you pay 500 pounds off over two months. 250, 250. The next debt you have, you're already paying the minimum or some money to add. Add that 252 to what you're paying off, you'll clear the next one. But by talking to them and getting into an arrangement, it will help you the most. Proverbs 16, 7. When your way pleases the Lord, he will even make your enemies to be your friends. Your ways has to please God. Number eight, got two more. Decide to do it in half the time. Now let me talk about this HMRC. One year, we... we I think we finished paying it less than six months. Are you following what I'm... It's called acceleration. To get out of debt, you have to do three things. Number one, this is how you can do it in half the time. You have to stop overspending. 
And that's a hard habit to break when you've been doing it for years and years. Number two, you have to repay the principal and the interest. And that interest clock is ticking along. So when you're paying the minimum payment, you're not paying the interest at all. Let me give you a good example. For years, you know, I, I, I'm always playing towards, for years, when we got our mortgage in those days, it was on interest-free. So I was happy. Interest, interest-free, minimum pay, no problem. On the, until I hit 40-something and I thought, ah, hang on. Each time they send me the yearly statement, the principle is still the same. Nothing is changing. Yes, there looks like an appreciation in the value of the house. But after 25 years, and I'm old, no one is going to give me a new mortgage. Then I will be forced to sell. God knows what my financial situation will be then. And if you remember what I said in the beginning, debt presumes the future. So my wife and I said, I said we need to pay off the principal. And we accelerated and started paying off the principal. Till today we're paying off the principal and the interest. When you get your credit card, you must learn to pay the principal, the main thing, and the interest. And many of your credit cards, this is a long, uh, if I had time I would have gone to. Many of your credit cards, your interest is so high. 25% APR, 20-something percent APR. Some of you just really need, if you're a good, got good financial state, is to shut down that credit card, move it to an interest-free 18-month credit card, and make sure you cut the credit card. So you're just paying that money off. One lady came to me and said, oh, I've consolidated my, 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 my money into one, uh, one place, and I, I've given it over to someone, and I'm paying this amount of money. I said, what did you just do? It looks good when you consolidate it. How much did you owe? 3000 How much are you paying back every single month? 300 How long have you been paying that for? 10 months. What's the rest of the money left on it? Still £1,500. I said, what have you just done? I said, we're going to find something, take some money from somewhere, clear it off, and then start. Do you know that that 300 you will pay that 1500 in five months? So what looks like a good idea is a wrong idea. Nobody loves you. They don't. They don't know your dad. They don't know your mom. So they're not doing you any favors. Nobody is doing you a favor. They're just, it's just their business. Somebody I was talking to them, they have this new app, this money something app. I said, it's a bank. It's a glorified bank. It says a password, but it's free. There's nothing free. The money that you put in there, they're using it for investment in another business. There's nothing free. You left money in there. They're using your money for other business. What you can do, they're doing. There's nothing free. Nobody gives you anything for free. But what? They just like all of us and they suddenly say they're giving it for Come on. If you are going to dissipate in half the time, you must stop overspending, you must repay the principal, and you have to learn to operate in a financial margin. That means you spend less every single month. Number nine, which is the same thing, add no new debt. Get rid of all credit cards. If you can't, you are addicted. Cut them up. Jane Evans from Winchester she owed £31,000 in credit card bills and unsecured loans. And she said, you get your first card and you max it out. 
Explain the 20-year-old civil servant. Then you get another in order to pay off the first. And after a while, it becomes like a monopoly money. You start thinking, I already owe 20,000, so what is another 200 pounds going to be? You know when you're deep in debt, uh, well, I'm owing it, so what, 100 pounds won't kill me. I'm still owing 20,000. When I was dealing with a guy, the guy said, Pastor, thank you, you're speaking to me. Because all my other friends, one guy told me that I, I'm in debt to the tune of a DB9, which is like 75,000 pounds. So what's your problem? He told the guy, so what's your problem? You're just 20,000. I'm in debt to say that and nobody can do anything to me. Can you see the mentality of the people you're dealing with? Cut it. Pastor, where is that in the scripture? Didn't Jesus say, that if your right hand offends, you cut it off. <laughs> he's not talking about mutilation. No, he's saying be ruthless. He's saying deal seriously with the things that mess up your life. Do a plastic surgery. Hebrews 13, 5 says be content with what you have. Contentment is the single key in staying out of debt. So, if you have credit cards today that you are owing... Take it out and put a scissors to it when you get home and cut it. If you are crying when you're cutting it, there are two things that are happening. One, that is your God. Two, it is an idol. And when you're cutting it, it is like mutilation. Go and cut your credit cards. Go and cut it. And until you are very financially responsible, don't have one. You need one in this day and age, but if you can't trust yourself, and if you have one, Make sure it's got 500 pounds limit on it. That's all you're entitled to. You have to be ruthless with distraction. Number 10, finally, stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. Okay, this is what I was looking for. Okay, stick with the plan. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, after a while, after a what? Speak to me. I know you're going to bed. For after a... We will what? A harvest of what? If we don't... And give up. Now, one of the major problems in clearing debt is that it doesn't look as fast as you spent it. (laughs) It's kind of like losing weight. It's easy to put on weight than to lose it. I just went somewhere for one week and when I came back, the scale was speaking negative to me. It's very easy. And since then I've been trying and it's not, it doesn't go down as fast as you rack it up. But you see, the secret in getting out and staying out of debt is when you stick to it. You've got to be disciplined. It's like someone who is sick and they give them a, a, a medication. It does not work immediately. It takes a while. And so the only way you can be encouraged is when you stick to the plan and you start crossing it off. Put your debt on the wall and start crossing it off once you've paid it. But it may not happen in one day. It may not happen in one month. It may not even happen in 10 months. You, you took 20 years, 5 years, 6 years to get into it and then you're asking for a spiritual divine intervention to get you out of it in one month. It doesn't happen like that because God wants you to be responsible. But I'm encouraging you, when you go home today and you decide I'm going to do this, stick with it. It can be painful, it can be slow, but it is gainful. Believe that God can cancel your debt. And let me say this. 
God is still in the business of forgiving and working miracles. I need to say this to, 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 to some of you. When you start, God starts to bless you. When you start, beware. When you start, somehow, somehow, HMRC will just send you a letter. Oh, we just found out that we overbilled you. Take a check for 3,000 pounds. When you get that, don't say amen when you have not started. When you get that 3,000, the best thing for you for God to open the window is to take that 3,000 and clear off your debt. Straight. Just take it to the bank and just clear it off. And then you will start to see how God starts to bless. Because he told the widow, take what you have, take the oil and sell it and what? Clear your debt. If God is going to give you a miracle, it is for a purpose. And I promise you, stop coming to this church if it does not happen. I'm telling you, when you start, windows of heaven start to open. Because you now show God, I'm financially ready, I'm financially responsible. If our jobs would start coming, extra jobs would start coming. Things would just start coming to you and bam, you will start clearing your debts quickly. Because God now opens heaven upon you because he knows you're no more a mess. But you're now becoming blessed. But you've got to stick to it and start it. If I have cleared 70,000 pounds in this church, 50,000 pounds in this church, 40,000 in this church, not, no, this is not in another church, I'm not telling you about, in this church, people have owed that money and we have cleared it. And one day I'm going to get some of them to come up and share their testimony because yet we have. But it takes discipline. And it takes you listen. Oh, I, I didn't have time. But you remember that when God, the prophet spoke to the woman, to the widow and said, "Go and uh, when 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 they wanted to take her children, he said, "What is in your hands? What is in your hands? If you listen to the prophet, you will prosper. People just don't listen. So the prophet will tell you to do what is not natural." Lay aside your thoughts, your preconceived idea, and just go for it. Some of you may have to do a Saturday job and still come to church on Sunday. Not like I'm working. I'm working to clear my debt. I don't have time for God. No blessing is coming. No. You got yourself into it. Get yourself out. Amen? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.